Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Episode 58 of the Brilliant Sports Podcast. My name is Dan Kurtz, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, the man of the myth, and I was the legend, Aaron Riley. Uh, more aptly named, uh, probably, Playoff Aaron at, at this point, because it's E-A-G-L-E-S Eagles secured a big playoff spot on the backs of uh, Jalen Hurts, and, and thanks to Taylor Heineke for allowing them to secure that victory. But Aaron, how are we feeling? Dude, I cannot, cannot complain. I'm not in a position to complain. So, uh, playoff berth secured, and... Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. We'll see. We'll see what happens come, uh, you know, about two weeks. Aaron's not going to complain because he's a, a gentleman and, uh, and a scholar and an honorable human being. But uh, he is undergoing a flu game right now. Just a little cold here. So uh, if you hear the sniffles or, uh, you know, he's actually not crying tears of joy. He, he just uh, is a little <laughs> under the weather. Uh, but maybe, you know, maybe he'll be crying tears of rage when talking about Penn State a little bit later. Who knows? Stay, stay tuned and find out. Exactly. Stay tuned. All right. NFL week 17 in the books. Um, we'll get to everything Jets, Washington football team. We'll get to the epic New York Jets collapse, which in my mind was phenomenal because A, Zach Wilson played his best game of the season and B, we uh, still have the number four pick in the draft. So all you fans out there being idiotic as per usual, uh, but come to this podcast for the correct and most brutally honest takes. So we'll get to that eventually. I know we usually start out with Jets, Jets Eagles talk, but we're going to switch things up a little bit this week. Um, as we're recording this on Monday, January 3rd, Monday Night Football is in a couple hours. We're excited to watch Big Ben duke it out with Baker Mayfield uh, for Big Ben's last home game ever. Thank God. Uh, and essentially what we've dubbed here on this podcast is Big Ben's funeral. Um, so we know these teams really uh, don't have much to play. I mean, the Bengals are uh, – Jesus, we'll get to the Bengals later. The Browns uh, are obviously eliminated from playoff contention. The Steelers at 7-7-1 seven, seven, and one still have a shred of an opportunity to get in. They have to uh, obviously have a lot of things bounce their way. I know the, the Chargers and Raiders are, are playing for their playoff position next week as well. Um, anyway, Big Ben's funeral. Uh, it's been a tough, tough probably last month and a half, if not longer, for the Steelers, Aaron. Um, I mean, is this – this has got to just be an absolute – tearjerker for Steelers fans everywhere but uh, I think myself who's who's kind of been torched by Big Ben for a lot of years uh, especially when the Jets were good I think this is just kind of like a nice little closure nice little send-off to see him get spanked maybe one last time <laughs> see that we don't disagree often on this pod uh, you know you can probably count on one hand how many times we've disagreed over 58 episodes but I, I do uh, 
for whatever reason, I've, I've liked Big Ben for quite a while. I mean, obviously, you know, coming into the league, he had the whole the, the rape allegations and, and the motorcycle. Like his early years were quite chaotic and, and kind of people didn't know if he'd really mature and, uh, you know, be able to really, you know, stay on the team. You know, at one point it was probably a concern, but uh, guy's been just about as consistent as, as anybody, you know, during his, his long run. I mean, Daniel alluded to it like for the last month and a half. I mean, you could argue like at any point this season, like Big Ben is just waddling around out there. Like he, he looks like he's beat up. He looks like he's 40 years old, which, you know, he's about to be. So um, if I'm, if I'm a betting man though, I'm absolutely taking the Steelers 110% tonight. I, I just, there's no way they lose this game on wow. Ben's send off. Um, <laughs> I think like no, no possible, no possible way the Browns go in there and win. I think uh, they absolutely beat the shit out of Baker Mayfield tonight. And, you know, for once, Mike Tomlin's defense might actually put it together for a full 60 minutes. Um, I, I just – this is like an emotional thing for, for the Steelers and obviously for Ben. And and I, it's just one of those games like there's no way they can – I just don't feel like <laughs> they can lose. No way. <laughs> no, what, no way that – no way they can lose. That's, I mean – Bold, bold take, but we're going to I mean, yeah. I, maybe, maybe – I mean, I don't understand, you know. I don't understand. Aaron said this is – one of the only times in, in the podcast where we've, we've disagreed. Um, the Steelers, I mean, are, are, yeah, I mean, down, down bad, I guess, uh, obviously getting smoked last week by, by the chiefs right after Christmas. Uh, the first and only time uh, I think the big Ben's entire family had ever traveled to an away game and they got absolutely embarrassed and trashed. So <laughs> I, I'd have to think that he will follow up that performance um, with another clunk fest against the Browns. I mean, they are home. Uh, they did go into to Cleveland. I think it was all the way back in October now um, and ended up beating the Bengals by a small margin. But um, just like I think the Browns in general were taking a lot of their results this year with a grain of salt because of Baker Mayfield's injury. Um, obviously some uh, some turnover on the offensive side of the ball, and they've obviously been hit with COVID and, and injuries and, and things of that nature. So, uh, I, I I mean, Big Ben is, is – this is just solely off the eye test. I don't really care – how many yards he has, touchdowns, picks, completions, et cetera. Uh, he looks like he is walking in quicksand, not even running, walking in quicksand every time he gets the ball and, and drops back. Uh, so, I mean, they're going to he- heavily have to rely on, like, Najee Harris and, and, and guys like Deontay, and, and I don't even know if Claypool is playing, but um, and Firemuth and, and guys like that to really come through for them or else they're going to get absolutely smacked. I know the Browns have their issues as well and, and may not have much to play for, but um, I'm hoping – you know, for for a guy that's – I mean, there's probably not been a player out there who's tortured a franchise more than Big Ben has tortured the Cleveland Browns in his career, maybe Brady against the Jets or Brady against the Bills. But uh, needless to say, I think, you know, Baker Mayfield for, for Browns fans everywhere and just for, for Big Ben haters everywhere, if you can take it upon yourself to absolutely shove one down this guy's throat, I will, I, I will forever be in, uh, indebted to you, sir. Yeah, see, I, I, I wish – see, me personally, like – if, if Philly goes out and loses, like I wish the Steelers could go and beat New England in the in the playoffs, just because New England shoved it down Pittsburgh's throat so many times, and and just because I I've always like I said I have I have a little bit of a soft spot for the Steelers, so it's like I I I'd like to see them get over the hump again in in some respects, but it, obviously this ain't gonna be the year, and you know Big Ben probably I, I think ultimately you're gonna remember like all the things he did and, and all the achievements and, and how great of a player he was. But last season when he, they got blown out by the Browns, that was, 
that was kind of like the beginning of the end for like the level of, of play that big Ben is like, you know, can, can have anymore per se, you know, it's just, they got absolutely smoked by the Browns in that, in that home playoff game. But like I said, tonight, I just feel like, I mean, Browns are playing spoiler. I'm always uh, fearful of the spoiler, but at the same time, I just feel like Pittsburgh's going to rally too, too much around big Ben and and he's just going to do enough. I mean, it's not, I don't think they're going to win by 20, but I think, you know, maybe they cover the spread. It spreads at three. So I think maybe they cover that win by like three or five or something weird like that. Are they favored by three, the Steelers? They are. They are favored. Jesus. Yeah. I mean, uh, <laughs> you, you mentioned all the championships, the accolades, all that bullshit that Big Ben has. The only thing <laughs> I am going to remember about his career, looking back in 10 to 15 years, is this game. Uh, a primetime game, uh, Big Ben. I think we'll have an epic collapse tonight. Uh, I think you'll see a lot of the things you saw last week when he went up against the Chiefs. Um, again, he's going to look like he never played football before in his life. Uh, just is a feeble shell of himself, and I'm here for it every second. I, I probably sound like I'm a bit of a hater uh, because I am. Um, you know, usually when a quarterback like a Brady, like a Manning, uh, you know, I'm thinking of others. We haven't really been that good in a while, so I'm thinking of quarterbacks back in the day. I mean, like a like a yeah. Uh, let's see, the Steelers are good back then. Patriot, this is a great podcast. And I can't even think of quarter like like a Rivers, like someone like Carson Palmer, someone like that who uh, took took down the Jets off a, off a pedestal back in the day. Uh, Roethlisberger did that plenty of times. Um, famously took down the Jets in an AFC Championship game when Mark Sanchez was in his second year and looking to go back. Uh, looking to go to the Super Bowl. So uh, I'm a vindictive person. I, I definitely have revenge and I definitely hold grudges for sure. So uh, for me, if Big Ben can just go out on the lowest note possible tonight and get absolutely hammered, um, I think I, I, I think if that happens, I'd probably be in the camp of let's give Baker Mayfield a $500 million contract because he can do no wrong in my book after tonight. Oh, man, this is uh, – I would say this is good good for tell. You know how the, the... – old quote goes that's this is great for television but this is great for uh for the audio and this is great for the show just absolutely just dumping it out you know just murdering big ben you know just dumping all all over him um i'm all for it um you know i get it man i get it from your perspective like i hate i will forever eat tom brady because really the eagles i in my eyes should have two rings and we blew that super bowl when we played them the first time so <laughs> Um, I cannot wait the excitement that you feel for big Ben to fade away and, um, you know, dissolve away from, from the NFL. I I cannot be more excited for Tom Brady to to do so. I I'm counting down the days. Hopefully it's less than, you know, two, three years. I'm just, I, every day is like a day closer to getting that son of a bitch out of there. Yeah. Um, so I get it's, uh, yeah, you know, you're, you're absolutely right. I sound like Skip Bayless right now. And, and I, I hate I hate to take on that role of the podcast because I, I try to see all viewpoints. I, I try to be impartial unless when it comes to my sports teams or anyone's hating on Zach Wilson. Then I'm I'm very much going to be partial and biased to, to the nth degree. Um, but in this case, and maybe when we're talking about Derek Carr, I'm going to have to play the Skip Bayless role. And tonight um, it's coming, <laughs> coming up all brown. So um, very much looking forward to tuning in. Um, I, I hope it's an absolute drubbing, um, but, you know, we'll see. I don't even care who they play next week for, for all intents and purposes, a primetime game in the cold in Pittsburgh on home field and an absolute collapse would uh, would make my football year, to say the least. Yeah, I'm definitely – this is one of the 
Monday night games I'm actually looking forward to watching. So we'll, uh, you know, a couple hours away, I'm excited for it. Uh, this this is uh, – we're going to go off off topic here, uh, as we normally do. Um, sticking with this game, since it is a little relevant, um, and, and obviously switching from quarterback to quarterback here, from Ben Roethlisberger to Baker Mayfield. Uh, I mean, what's – I mean, not – probably not more of like an odd year uh, when it comes to quarterback play. Obviously, look looked like Baker Mayfield of last year at times. Uh, looked like he, he hadn't played the sport of football before at times. Obviously injured um, at times, uh, you know, heavily injured, obviously with his shoulder. Uh, but, well, I mean, going into his, this is his fourth season, obviously going into next year. Browns had already picked up his fifth-year option, so this year, this upcoming season is guaranteed. Um, parts, parts of the reason that, you know, teams are so successful with rookie quarterbacks is because they can spend and allocate money of the cap elsewhere um, to build up, obviously, other position groups and make the team stronger around, around a young quarterback. Um, with that being out the window now for the Browns, uh, I, I, what are your thoughts on extending him long term, extending him, giving him that, you know, next large quarterback contract that every quarterback in line seems to get? Obviously, in recent memory with Watson, Dak, Mahomes getting that deal. Like, what, what, do you, what is your just general view on, on paying Baker Mayfield and how would you attack it if you were uh, Andrew Barry, the, uh, the Browns GM? Yeah, so let, let me pose a question to you about the same thing. Are you are you concerned about stats? Or are you concerned about wins? Or are you concerned about like is this the guy? Like what, what where, where along the lines do you associate like those type of things with? What, am I going to give this guy a monster deal? Like what of those three things do you think he's like a winner? Do you think he puts up good numbers? Both or do you think like this is where you know is he actually the guy? Like. Do, do you have to sit there and think about it? Like, what, what would you say? Yeah, you gotta, yeah, you gotta, you gotta think about it. Uh, he obviously broke the rookie record for for touchdowns, um, and has had good statistical seasons. Um, and obviously, last year they put up a lot of wins. Like you said, they were very close to to getting past the Chiefs in the playoffs last year. I think they were fourth down play away from getting from getting. Um, what's a, I guess they yeah, that was the Super Bowl, um, or maybe it was the AFC Championship game, but. Um, either either way, I think with the Browns, you might have to grade him on a bit of bit of a curve, just considering where he started with the Browns to where he is now. Obviously, he started with Hugh Jackson, uh, had to endure that, had to endure uh, being sat behind Tyrod Taylor, uh, had to endure a year of Freddie Kitchens, which is very awkward. Uh, and you know, I, you know, to this year, obviously being hurt, um, kind of getting carried by a defense, uh, by his running games at times, the clashes with the receivers clashes publicly with, with OBJ um, OBJ going to another team and immediately thriving. I mean, just yesterday, he obviously got the game winning touchdown against the Ravens. So um, I think with Baker Mayfield, it's not as cut and dry as how many wins does he have? How many touchdowns does he have? What are his completions, incompletions rate, all that good stuff. I think anytime you're making a quarterback decision, it's about kind of the man himself. And and if they truly believe he is the guy, then then yeah, I, I would go ahead and lock him up for, you know, as long as you possibly can. Get him get him on a contract now and watch the cap balloon, especially as we're coming out of a pandemic. Um, the cap and you know, all, all major sports is just gonna go up, up, up and up because the new TV deals and, and things like that and sponsor revenues are obviously gonna be at an all-time high. Um, but if he if you don't think he's the guy, which I don't think he is the guy. Uh, then maybe you look to do something short, shorter term. Maybe it's a Kirk Cousins, you know, 25 to 30 million a year. Maybe you franchise him one or two times until he's 28, 29, and then kind of figure it out from there. Um, 
but but again, just with like evaluating his entire tenure there, if you're looking at it from a Baker Mayfield point of view, I mean, they got him after going 0 16, and and they were a, a fucking you know fourth down play going from going to the AFC Championship game last year. So uh, obviously that's that's not all him. That's you have to credit Spence, you have to credit the scouts, the GM, the other players who are in that building as well. But um, you could say that that rebuild essentially started with him. Uh, and he's been able to carry the water and, and, and in some, in some moments, put the team on his back and just become that stable kind of leader that that franchise has been longing for, for basically our entire lives. So um, I think it's twofold. I, you know, I, I, I wouldn't give him top of the market, uh, uh, top of the market money by any stretch of the imagination, but maybe I would look to, you know, you know, lock him up for, you know, two to three years for sure. Yeah. I'm, I'm kind of right on, on par with you there. Um, as far as like just breaking down like the numbers and things like he's a career 62% completion percentage, which obviously isn't great. Um, like I, he's one of those guys, like, I think he, he kind of maximizes what he can do pretty well to a certain degree, but like Daniel and I talked off air, he's so like, you can look at both sides of the coin on like literally everything about Baker Mayfield. Like you can say, well, he's had every weapon known to man since he's, you know, since I would say since 2019, I wouldn't really 2018 is kind of a different story, but yeah, um, you could, you could make that argument, but then you could say, you know, how many times was he trying to force the ball to Odell just to keep him happy? I'm, I'm the first one to throw Odell under the bus. I think the only reason he's succeeding now is just because everybody's paying attention to Cooper cup. Like he's just, the guy is unstoppable. So um, not to say Odell isn't a great player. He, he definitely is. Uh, he's just more, more of a headache than he is an asset, in my opinion, and always will be. But, um, yeah, I, I think that might have been part of his problem. Um, but then this year, I, I do kind of attribute to it and, and not many excuses for him, but I know the guy's been hobbled since probably week three, week four. I, I remember against the Steelers, they, I think they hit him. I'm pretty sure it was the Steelers. He got hit out of bounds, and, and like, his shoulders basically being held in by some, some – I'm no medical expert, but some type of sling type, you know – contraction uh, underneath his jersey there and he gets up and, and signals the first down after getting absolutely rocked like the guy <laughs> will guy will literally give you 110 percent and that's like you know not even accurate like he, he gives you every single ounce of what he's got and, and then some uh, so you got to respect him for that but but I I think like Daniel said I mean that GM, I would I would give the, the the Browns turning around. I would give the GM like ninety percent of the credit, only because like he has just formed that team very very well. He's put that team together very very well, both sides of the ball really. Um, obviously, they're not there yet. For you know, you could argue is it Baker, is it this or that, but um, considering the dumpster fire that they were before Baker came there, you have to give some credit to Baker. But that GM just totally changed the team up and, and and they're a whole new like identity really and they're a contender at least for the time being so um like I said I, I attribute this season I, I don't really write him off for this year um his best season was last year he went 26 touchdowns eight picks uh 95.9 uh quarterback rating so solid solid number solid year and and he was so damn close he might be that guy that he he'll get you close a couple times and never gets over the hump I could see something along those lines, but if they continue to build that team out, maybe in two or three years, we're talking about the Browns in the, in the AFC championship. It's just, it's getting increasingly difficult now with obviously the Ravens aren't going to go anywhere. They were banged up all year. And, and uh, Cincinnati has come out of kind of nowhere in that division. Right. So that division is becoming one of the hardest in football uh, when all those teams are healthy. And then let's say the Steelers get, 
you know, a, a B B plus quarterback, like they might even be a threat to, to sneak in a wild card spot in years to come. So only God knows what, what the ceiling is for Baker Mayfield for, from here on out. I, I saw, you know, what he's done in 2020, that, that was quite impressive, but um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see I, if Daniel and I talked about this and I think you just alluded to it, but I'm giving him like a two to three, three year max deal. I'm not no, no, in no stretch of the imagination. Am I, am I giving this guy like more than four year deal? And, and I would try and keep that, that money around the $30 million market. If that's possible yep. in this market, but I would, uh, I would try very, very hard to, to keep him under 30 million. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's been such a disappointing season and, and, you know, obviously the injury that the torn labrum, labrum to his non-throwing shoulder, if that happens to his throwing arm, like he's obviously out for the season. And I think he he obviously missed some time during during the year. I think he missed a couple of games and, and obviously snaps in various other games through the injury. Like if he takes, you know, four to five weeks off, you know, from week two on, let's say when he first heard it, um, are we talking about a different Baker Mayfield? Maybe. Uh, maybe he obviously is able to rehab a little bit, get healthier. I mean, even the coaching staff has said that his mechanics have probably been a little, little handcuffed um, just due to the brace and stuff like that. And just the way he has to like make up for that lack of strength um, and, and obviously deal with the pain management and stuff like that. So um, he's going to get surgery. I think as, as soon as the season's over. Um, so, you know, maybe if you're, if you're the front office, you're, you, like I said before, you're grading the season on a curve and just hoping that, um, it's an anomaly. I mean, he, I mean, week one, he obviously balled out. They, they played the chiefs and, and ultimately ended up losing that game. But um, going into week two, he was like, you know, 75% or 80% um, in terms of completion rate. And then, uh, you know, obviously has that injury and has to, you know, make up for, for lack of strength and, and deal with the pain, as I said. So, um, you know, for me, they're, they're going to have to take a long look at, at their options. I don't know if there are any options better than, than Baker Mayfield, unless they like somebody in, in like the middle part of the draft, which is probably where they'll net out in the first round at least. Um, because uh, you know, I think, I think, like I said, from where when he came into the to the league to where he is now, um, the Browns have completely transformed their franchise. Um, and I think a lot of that can be attributed to how he's been able to, to be just a stable figure in this whole process and this whole network. So, um, you know, play on the field this year aside, I, I think he, he he's going to have to, they're going to have to stick with him. but um, I certainly, I'm not giving him a, you know, 10 year, you know, $30 million a year contract. That would be just malpractice. I think, especially if uh, you know, who knows he, he could get hurt again at the beginning of next year. And then you're, you're right back in this spin cycle. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. I think, um, you know, as we get into the offseason, there's going to be a lot of quarterback movement. I feel like a lot of teams are looking for their guy, so to speak. And it is such a light uh, draft, uh, you know, draft class in terms of the quarterback position. So maybe you're going to see a lot more free agents and, and backups and things like that changing squads. So, um, yeah, it, I just in the, in, the, in the spirit of lack of options, I don't think they have much of a choice. But again, I, I'd be a little tentative to give them anything long term for sure. All right, folks. Um, I think we've waited long enough, uh, for the Jets and Eagles talk, Aaron, um, would love, would love for you to kind of go and give me your game breakdown. Unfortunately, I didn't get to catch much, uh, of this Eagles and, and WFT game. I was dealing with a lot of, uh, my Jets in the, in the, this, this Tampa Bay game, which unfortunately broke my heart. Um, I'm just kidding. I, I appreciate the draft pick, but, but Eagles 20 to 16, um, obviously a, a great game for you. Um, they were down though, 
they were certainly down at halftime, uh, 16 to seven. So Aaron was probably shitting himself, but defense puts up goose eggs in the second half to eventually take the game 20 to 16. But Aaron, what are your, what are your takeaways from this playoff clinching victory? Yeah, this was definitely a, a game that had me nerve it, really from start to finish. I was nervous. Um, out of the gate, Washington scores 10 points in the, in the first quarter to, to Philly's zero. Um, just they weren't clicking at all on, on really much on offense. Um, I mean, they tried to run the ball a little bit. Uh, you know, <clears throat> Miles Sanders being hurt is not helping, and it, it sucks that he's hurt at this time of the year. As we, you know, inch our way into the playoffs, it's it's going to be a, a factor, I, I really do think. Um, so, you know, not to be a negative Nancy uh, right off the bat, but it, it, at halftime, I was very, very, very nervous. I just – the offense was inept. Uh, the defense could not stop a nosebleed, even though, I mean, it was 16 points, but it felt like Washington had like 30 because every time – I think almost every time they had the ball in the first half, they scored some type of points. Uh, due to Jonathan Ganning just being an absolute uh, pansy on, you know, calling these, you know, soft zones all, all, all first half long. Uh, I'm pretty sure I could give Daniel the defensive coordinator playbook and he would come up so, with something a little bit more creative than what we saw. Cover zero all, blitz all game. I mean, at some point it's like, if they say everything's good in moderation, that, that guy does not know what moderation is. It's, it's, it's all or nothing. It's either we're coming out to the quarterback or we're just sitting back, sitting back, just getting picked apart. I mean, they made Heineke look like an absolute monster in the first half. Um, as far as like Washington's skill players, I think are very, very underrated. Every time I see them play, like um, they just have a lot of guys that they can make plays and it's, it's concerning. Like it's, I don't know if it's more so like I don't trust our defense at times or if it's if it is, in fact, Washington's playmakers. But like McLaren is good. Uh, that kid, Cam Sims, I don't I didn't really know who that was too, too much before this game. But I mean, he looked he's quick. He looked good. Um, I really do like that. Jarrett Patterson, their running back. Um, I don't know. They, they, they have they, they're a threat. I'll say that. And, it, and in a division game, you definitely don't want to get down and. and you know, only have seven points at halftime was was really troublesome. And it's, well, I said this to Daniel off air. I think this is like the sixth, fifth or sixth game where uh, the Eagles just don't come out of the gate strong at all. They, they don't know what to do really on offense. Uh, defense kept them in it uh, per se. Obviously, 16 points isn't isn't horrible. But um, yeah, the second half was once again a story of two different teams. I mean, we Started clicking. Boston Scott played a key key role in this game with uh, Miles Sanders being out. I mean, Boston Scott's went off the last two games now. He had uh, 14 carries for 47 yards, but two touchdowns. And he also caught four balls for 39. So, I mean, there's almost 100 yards, you know, total catching and running. Uh, I mean, Jalen Hurts didn't look bad. I, I think this was actually I – mean, it's a pedestrian stat line, but he, he looked pretty sharp overall, I just think. There were a couple of drops that we had. Uh, Jalen Rager had an absolute awful drop again. Uh, <laughs> just when I want to give this guy like a little bit of slack, he, he continues to disappoint me. So um, it's a shame it was his birthday too. I, I took him to get a touchdown. Obviously he didn't, he didn't even do that. So uh, no catches, no catches for, for the stud, that first round pick that we, you know, basically wasted on, on Jalen Rager, but um, Dallas Goddard played well. The defense showed up when they needed to. And, uh, yeah, I mean, really, if I'm a Washington fan, though, I'm, I'm kicking myself. I, I probably 
TV probably would have got launched out of my, my, you know, living room uh, just because they had every chance in the world to win this game. And, and Taylor Heineke just makes a, a bad throw uh, really at the, at the worst part of the game overthrows uh, a receiver and then Rodney McLeod dives and catches it and that sealed it. But that, if he didn't throw that interception, I, I honestly, God think they were going to score and win that game. Um, they, they drove down the field. No, no issue, no hesitation at all on that last drive at like at all. Yeah, it's uh, I mean, it's obviously great that, that you guys are, are going to the playoffs and, and I, I, anytime we're, we're talking about the Eagles success, like I just think back to when we started this podcast at, at towards the beginning of, of 2020, it's crazy. We're in, you know, 2022 now, but um, our, the Jets and Eagles are both down bad, uh, very, very bad, as, as we all know. And you guys underwent the coaching change as, as did we got rid of Dougie P and, and bringing Nick Sirianni and, and he's completely, I think, changed kind of the culture and not that the culture was bad in Philly. I think he just kind of put his own stamp on the franchise. Now he's leading all rookie coaches in, in terms of wins and um, he's getting his team in, into the playoffs. So, uh, you know, no matter how you do it, no matter who's throwing the ball, who's running the ball, who's catching the ball. Um, I think anytime your team gets into the playoffs, you're as an organization doing something correctly, um, whether or not you're going to, you know, go on a long playoff run or not. I'm just hoping if you guys play the Bucks, you absolutely trash them. That's my only request out of you guys, Aaron, but, um, other, other than that, I think you just got to give props, uh, in general, um, to Nick Sirianni and his staff. And, and I'm, you know, obviously you've been listening to the podcast consistently. Um, you know, that, you know, Aaron's has frustrations with Sirianni at times. He obviously has his frustrations with Gannon, um, as a D coordinator, you know, basically every single week it's, it seems like, um, but either way, you guys have some good players there. Um, and, and hopefully, you know, with the three first round picks, it's, it's pretty rare. I think when you see a team. Um, go to the playoffs and have three first round picks in the next draft. So um, I think you guys are set up to, to obviously be successful here in the short term, but um, if you guys can, we talked about this last week, just get maybe hit on two out of three of those guys and, and you're setting yourself up for a lot of success for years to come. So I, I give you guys a lot of props. I love Devonte Smith. I think he's going to be a phenomenal wide receiver, probably like top 10 in the league one day. Um, I love Miles Sanders, even though he's here right now. And I love Dallas Goddard. Um, and I, I do like Jalen Hurts a lot. I think he's got a lot of moxie. I, I don't think he's the most naturally gifted quarterback I've ever seen, but um, the dude just finds a way to get it done with what he has. So um, at the end of the day, that's all you can really ask out of your, out of your quarterback. So, um, I, I mean, I, I'm very excited to see who you guys play. Hopefully you guys can play uh, the underdog spoiler a little bit and, and take down a top team out of the NFC. That'd be great for me. Um, as long as it is, it is Tom Brady, but, uh, congrats to you, my friend. I know it's been a, you know, since that Super Bowl dub, it's been a kind of a long road to get back to the playoffs, but, uh, I give, uh, I give Sirianni and his staff all the credit in the world. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. It's, I'm always going to be happy we make the playoffs no matter how, like you said, it doesn't really matter how it's just talking about a roller coaster uh, ride this year has been for, for <laughs> yeah. Uh, the Eagles and specifically it's, it's been like every week, I don't know what to expect. And I mean, even the last five or six weeks, like I told you at halftime, I'm like, I don't know if we can put this one together. Like I, I had serious doubts yesterday because I just Washington uh, for whatever reason, they on offense, like Heineke was making every, doesn't matter if he was on his back foot yesterday in the first half, like every throw that he, he went back for, like he, it felt like he completed it. So um, yeah, it was nice, nice to pull it out, but um we can't start out that way against like if we if we drop into zone coverage. I mean, Tom Brady's going to throw forty five points on us, no problem. So we'll we'll see what happens. But uh, yeah, I mean, they, 
there's a lot of work to be done, but a, a win's a win, and and you know can't complain about that. A win is a win is a win. Um, and don't be afraid to 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 play Tom Brady. He, uh, I know he took down the Jets in the last minute there, but he didn't look too impressive yesterday. So don't be afraid. He's uh, he's not that good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, speaking of Tom Brady, um, in his probably last ever game against the Jets, and probably his last ever game at. MetLife Stadium, uh, he, of course, had to reach deep into my soul and rip out my heart in the last minute um, to take the victory 28-24. The Jets were winning at one point 24-10, which is insane. They scored touchdowns on their first two drives uh, of the first quarter uh, of the game and then scored on their first drive of of the second half. The offense, uh, in general, was clicking. Um, You know, Braxton Berrios, who is definitely not a household name, but he's a Probably, he probably should be a pro bowler for kick returning and punt returning. He ripped off a long touchdown against the Jaguars last week, like we talked about. But um, with Corey Davis hurt, with Elijah Moore out, with Jamison Crowder hurt, uh, that, there goes three of Zach Wilson's, you know, top three wide receiving options. And Braxton Barrios is wide receiver four in this team and had to step up in a big way. And he certainly did. He got eight catches, uh, had a rushing touchdown. They kind of ran the Philly special, Aaron which is kind of funny. Um, they throw it to Carter, pitches back to Barrios. Uh, Barrios is running towards the end zone, fakes a pass to Wilson, who is like somewhat covered by um, defensive back for the Bucks, and then just runs, runs into the end zone. So he's the first wide receiver in Jets history to get a receiving touchdown and a rushing touchdown in the same game. So uh, pretty, pretty good just considering the Jets are down their three top wide receivers. Um, they were playing with their fourth string tight end, who got hurt during this game. So they had to put in their fifth string tight end who had a couple of nice first down catches. Um, and then again, they were without their best left tackle. Um, their left tackle in this game, who was their backup left tackle got hurt. Um, they were without their center and the right guard. So um, to put up 24 points on the box and, you know, being a pretty commanding situation, um, even at, at any point in the game is pretty impressive. And Zach Wilson, like, I mean, I know his stat line wasn't like the best. Uh, I'll re- it's, you know, 19 for 33, 234 and a touchdown. Like, obviously doesn't fucking scream Joe Burrow numbers or, or any stretch of the imagination, but he, like, fucking was dealing left and right in that first half. Um, a lot of the Bucks, you know, corners and defensive backs are, like, playing man-on-man and tight with our receivers. He's, he was, you know, using different arm angles, throwing it in tight windows, fucking hitting guys in stride. Um, I thought by far this was his best game in terms of just commanding the offense. And, you know, the flash – plays and, and flash runs and things like that obviously weren't there this game but he took what like the bucks gave him um you know taking your 10 yards taking your eight yards taking your check downs and you have them and then just fucking going from there so i think and he even said himself after the game that like he you know is probably for the first time this season understanding the offense which is uh, is obviously great like going into into the season it's too it's too little too late for this year but um, going into the, into the offseason, I, I think if we can just surround him with, you know, a, a better offensive line and, and a couple of weapons here and there, especially at, you know, maybe a third wide receiver and, and a bona fide tight end, I think we're going to probably see Zach Wilson explode next year. And I, and I know I can't have nice things as a Jets fan, but um, if we can just surround him with any any sort of like a, a weapons arsenal, this kid's just going to fucking ball out because he's already starting to show glimpses, especially – you know, against the world champs. I know their, their defense is a little banged up and, you know, as a team, they were dealing with COVID, but um, the jets are legitimately down 20 starters. So um, you can obviously make that argument, you know, on our side of things and to be down your, you know, three to four best offensive linemen and be down your top three rider receivers and still, you know, put up points and, and ball out against a team like the Buccaneers. 
Um, I think that's a, that's a dub, like in my book, morally any, any day of the week. And um, there was a fourth down situation in, in the end of the fourth quarter where the Jets got stopped. Um, somewhat of a miscommunication. Zach Wilson actually took the ball and, and tried to QB sneak on fourth and two when um, Barrios was actually running it in motion for a jet sweep. And um, the call is if you don't see anybody in the A gap, uh, if you don't see a defender in the A gap, you're supposed to sneak it. But if you do, you're supposed to hand it off. But um, at the end of the game, Salah said that um, he, he should not, or the offensive quarter should have communicated to Wilson that he was supposed to hand it off no matter what. Um, I think against any team getting two yards on a QB sneak is is tough enough, especially when you're playing that run de- defense against the uh, the Buccaneers. But either way, like that mistake aside, and, and obviously Brady goes down and and they go like 90 yards and, and put up that last second touchdown. But um, outside of that, I, I think it's just a, a massive like feel good game um, for the Jets in general. And it was a pretty back and forth game, you know, for a football fan. So I, I think even if I wasn't a Jets fan, I, I would have enjoyed watching that game because um, for the first time since probably like the early, early, early Sanchez days, we like have a consistent identity in offense. The run game has been phenomenal. Michael Carter, um, who will be a beast next year, unfortunately went down with a concussion, but on the second play of the game, he had like a 50 yard run. So um, if it, it just seems like f- like for once in my life, we actually have like, some sort of an identity on the offense side of the football and defense, like, you know, defense is defense. We obviously gave up a 90 yard drive to, to lose, but you know, to hold them to, to 28 points really isn't that bad. So all in all, I thought this is like one of their most complete games of the year and, and definitely has me encouraged for, for Zach going forward. Yeah. I think, uh, I think Salah deflecting the blame. No, I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm not going to start any controversy there, you know, I know that I know the Jets listen to our podcast every week, so I don't want to start any any problems in their locker room. But uh, yeah, I mean, it was that play was also coming off a timeout, which was embarrassing. Uh, so you know, it's it's on Sal, it's on the coordinator, and probably a little bit on Wilson too. So um, I don't. I mean, they probably should have kicked a field goal and and then you know got out of it from there. But I don't really give a fuck. So we we still get a better draft pick and. Uh, you know, is what it is. No, I'm just, po- I'm just poking fun. Um, yeah, I was, I was like, you know, every 10, 15 minutes I was updating my phone uh, to check the score of this one. And I was like, holy shit. Like I really thought the Jets might pull it off the entire time. Cause yeah, I know yeah. at one point it was what, 2410 uh, Jets. Yep. Um, but yeah, man, I mean, it's kind of like as much of a loss, as much as a loss sucks and, and is unfortunate. Like it is in, in the right circumstances, like you say, like, you know, you play the Bucks tough. You you lose them at the final, you know, buzzer basically. Um, you can't hate that as a team that's you know, unfortunately, you guys sitting at four and twelve. I mean, no one gave them even a slimmer of hope to to even make this a game. Uh, the spread was like I think ten or fourteen. It was you know. Yeah, it was. It would have been their largest, uh, I guess, like underdog win in in team history. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, me personally, I was like, damn it. You know, I I. No matter who Tom Brady's playing, it's almost to the point where he's if he's playing the Cowboys, I want him to lose. It, it's getting <laughs> to that point, but uh, no. Uh, at the end of the day, like you, like you said, I mean, they kind of losing the game in some way benefits them. Um, you know, obviously the, the veterans in the locker room probably are are feeling a little pissed off just because they, yeah. they had you know they they made so many plays and then they come up short. Obviously, always sucks, but right. Um, big picture, like you said, it, it's it's a good thing uh, in, in this circumstance. And I mean, Zach Wilson, I, I really, I tell you this every week. I, the kid is just has so much upside to me. Like I, he, no one, once again, like people were saying him, him coming out of BYU, he'd have, 
he'd be, you know, awful in New York. Like the, the lights are too bright for him. I mean, obviously we're not talking about a playoff game or a game of much significance uh, in his first season, but I mean, the kid goes up against Tom Brady and really, I mean, he turned the ball over less than Tom Brady did. So that's right. a win. Um, you know, I, I just, I root for the kid hardcore. I, I just, I, I like everything about him and, you know, every week I want him to do well, especially going up against Brady. So um, I, I just think he's, he doesn't get the credit he deserves for being on a team that, you know, you do say has an idea, you know, starting to find their identity, but you know, it's a whole new playbook. Like I said last week, like it's a whole new playbook for him. It's, it's the NFL. These guys are faster, stronger, and, and a million times better than what he was playing at, at BYU. And, and he's going to go down as, you know, a guy that, that came in and, and, you know, you look at the stat, the stats that doesn't paint the picture like you he's an eye test type of guy like I think in his first season he's he's kind of comparable to Baker only because like Baker down the stretch was just murdering people yeah. uh, that that first season so um I I really do like the kid I hope he can continue to to play at a good level and, and get better and and like you said they have they have to surround him with with other weapons that's a must uh, yeah it's uh you know I'll put this to battle here I mean it just feels so different with, with him and Sam Darnold and, and Sam obviously had his, had his moments the first two seasons um, before absolutely falling off the face of the planet, in the third, the third year, but um, his, his just command of the, I mean, and he was like, you know, that, that's a good defense. They obviously have, you know, Winfield Murphy bunting, they got Levante David, they have uh, the kid from LSU who's, who's a really good linebacker Bush. I think um, I know some of these guys are out. They have Sherman obviously and, and Todd Bowles coaches, coaches that defense and, to, to the point where he is getting looks to be, you know, a, a head coach candidate because he's coaching that defense so well, which is mind-boggling to me. But um, he was picking apart a a Todd Bowles coach defense who has bona fide pro bowlers, not to mention their defensive line, which is obviously outstanding, um, and was going throw for throw with Brady, basically. Like I said, um, winning for, for the majority of the game before, I mean – there's some awful drops uh, in, in the second half that just absolutely killed drives and, and killed their momentum. Um, and, and obviously Michael Carter getting hurt um, really hurt the run game in the second half. But um, just in, just in general, I think the jets lose that game by like a million, you know, two years ago. Um, and, and, and a defense like that just absolutely picks apart Sam Darnold and makes him, you know, wish he was still going to school at, at USC. Um, but, but he, he is a, Zach's a kid that, He's not going to back down. He's not going to make excuses. He, you know, if you take out the top seven of his, of his wide receiving core, he's not going to back down. He's going to, you know, step up to the plate for, for lack of a better term and, and put up a fight. So um, as a leader, it, it does remind me a little bit of, of Mayfield, like you said, and we talked about it a little bit with him, but um, it, it just makes me feel good that um, we finally have like a, a coach who, who is changing the culture, a GM who is willing to surround his guys with talent and, and a quarterback who, uh, is becoming a leader and, and showing that, you know, he can make NFL level throws, read NFL level defenses, and it has the tools in the toolbox to be a successful quarterback. So um, I know I probably said this blindly about, you know, Darnold to fucking Petty to Smith, even Hackenberg to obviously Sanchez, but um, I, I would say now it, it feels different than all those other times, just because of like the background Zach has just the tools he has and, and just the, the support, the supporting cast that he has within the organization has never been better. So um, this is this is a massive offseason for the Jets. I will say next year, if they're not, you know, probably hovering around seven to like nine wins, I think uh, 
there's going to be some people within the organization that are going to be in some hot water. But again, that's over a year away and we can't really do much until those games are played. But again, it'll be a big off season and, and I'm excited to see what they can do. All righty. Uh, where do we want to go next here? And obviously taking off a lot of boxes here. Uh, any other games that, that caught your, your eye from week 17 you want to talk about? Um, I think one that, you know, we got to uh, mention at least is probably there's, there's actually a couple really, like if you look at it, uh, I mean, we could touch on, I think the Cardinals needed that win, um, you know, going yep. into Dallas. That was, that was a big one. Um, Kyler Murray absolutely balled out. I don't know if you heard about, did, did you get a chance to hear what Kyler Murray said? Like, I don't know when he said it, but it just came out about what he said about the Cowboys. Did you get a chance? I did not. Let's hear it. He, uh, so somebody's just, I don't know where it's at. It looks like a restaurant or just hanging out with his boys or something. And I don't know if he's a, a native of Texas. I'm about to find that out. He, yeah, he okay. is. Yeah. He grew yeah. up there. So, so that makes a little more sense. They, they ask him, uh, Hey, Kyler, did, you know, growing up, were you a Cowboys fan or, or did you root for the Cowboys? He said, just about as quote unquote as, as I can get is he said, no, they were always ass. That, that's, that's what he said. <laughs> so uh, yeah, that's, that's pretty bold to say, especially this year, just because the Cowboys are, are an absolute like wagon. You could say, unfortunately um, they, they're just loaded on both sides of the wall, but um, hilarious, not, you know, no matter how you slice it, that, that's, that's a great quote. It's a great soundbite. Uh, and he went out and proved, you know, that he, he can still play at a high level after, suffering losses, you know, in the last couple of weeks and, and, you know, people uh, hardcore doubting if the Cardinals are even a, a, a threat in the playoffs or are they just, you know, did they peak too early? Are they, uh, are they a fluke, that type of deal? So uh, got the kid balled out. Um, obviously nice to see the Cowboys lose. I, I think, I mean, Dak and, and Kyler both played well. It's just, uh, you know, the Cardinals made enough plays when it mattered. They really limited uh, Dallas to, they only had 45 rushing yards and they were three of 11 on third down. So uh, credit the defense as well. Obviously they uh, neutralized Zeke. They neutralized uh, Pollard as well. Pollard really didn't do absolute jack shit uh, as well as Ezekiel <laughs> Elliott. So <laughs> uh, I think somebody did tear their, was it a Gallup? I think he tore his ACL. Yeah, Gallup's done. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, that might prove to be, important down the stretch, you know, in these playoff games, we'll see. Uh, but they have a million different weapons, but well, yeah, it was, uh, I was definitely impressed and I was kind of surprised. I thought Dallas, like if I was a betting man on this one, I probably would have taken Dallas really. But. Right. Yeah. I mean, I mean, me too. It, 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 like you said, they came in very hot, especially they murdered the football team last week. And then, you know, the Cardinals have kind of been on Rocky uh, turf uh, the last couple of weeks. And I mean, I, I mean, Prescott, carried the ball five times for 20 yards and was their leading rusher. Um, their leading receiver was our tight end, Dalton Schultz, who had five catches for 54 yards. So I think anytime Prescott and Schultz are leading the team in, in rushing and receiving, it's probably not going to be a victory. Um, but, I mean, in, in certain respects, you know, getting it close and keeping it close, especially against a good team like that as a Cardinals. And, you know, a three-point game is, is probably where I would have thought uh, this game would have been, you know, just looking at it before the week started. So um, I, I wouldn't say it's a crushing loss uh, to the Cowboys, but it shows you the imagination. And um, I believe they play you guys next week, right? The Cowboys do. That is correct. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I mean, maybe that's, that's a game where obviously a division game that can maybe be 
a get right game before the playoffs, um, before they start and, and the Seahawks or the, the Cardinals play the Seahawks. So, um, you know, that's, that's also obviously a, a good division challenge for them to kind of finish out the season for both those teams to go in the playoffs. And I mean, maybe there's a situation where we see these teams again, you know, matching up in, in the playoffs as well. That'd be, that'd be kind of nice. Cause I, I enjoyed this game. I caught a couple of glimpses of it, but, um, I don't, I don't think it's, uh, you know, you can really take away like saying, Oh, the Cardinals are, are back or the Cowboys are screwed just based off of one game, because I think it was, it was a hard fought game by both. And, uh, you know, that record that Kyler has in the state of uh, Texas and especially in that stadium is apparently unrivaled. So uh, they were playing with house money to start. Exactly. Yeah. That, that's bring up some, some good points and uh, some information that other podcasts I don't even think would have, would even think to bring up. So there you go. Uh, you know, keep, keep it as per usual, as per usual. <laughs> Uh, Bengals Chiefs. Um, I wanted to touch on this game because, um, uh, probably the game of the year. Uh, I mean, I, I looked at the score like a couple times, you know, at the, at the beginning of the game, and the Chiefs were already running away with it. They were up, um, 28 17 at the half, but they were up by like, you know, 20 points kind of early in the first quarter and or early in the first half, I should say. And then, um, you know, only held the three points in the second half. Their their offense kind of goes cold, and then um, the Bengals kind of come on from there. Um, Jamar Chase, absolute weapon, 11 catches, 266 yards, three touchdowns. Uh, if there was ever a runaway rookie of the year, I think this would this would be it. I don't think there's any contest at all. Um, and Joe Burrow, um, absolute maniac, 450 yards, uh, four touchdowns, almost 1,000 yards, and eight touchdowns in his last two games. Absolutely incredible. Um, it's it just crazy how how bad they were last year. Uh, I mean, obviously Joe Burrow got hurt, but I'm talking like when Burrow was in there, just the, the way they played last year compared to this year is just an absolute 180, absolutely night and day. Um, and I feel I feel good for Joe Burrow. I mean, I you know go, going back to his LSU days, um, I was just a fan of his from afar, uh, and, and not being a massive college football fan, I just kind of liked the leader he was and. Um, kind of liked how he was able to manage that team and, and obviously carrying over to the Bengals here. Um, good for Zach Taylor, too. I think he was a guy coming into the season where if you could pinpoint a couple of coaches that were in the hot seat, it was either Matt Nagy for the Bears um, and it was Zach Taylor for the, for the Bengals. So um, dealing with that for, for an offseason, dealing with the outside noise for probably the last good 20-ish months, I'm sure has taken a strain on him physically, mentally, uh, personally, you know, all, all of the above. So um, for them to, to be in a playoff spot, they just won the AFC North for the first time uh, in a while, probably going back to prime um, Andy Dalton days. And they're sitting at, um, I forget where they're, I think they're at, yeah, they're at the three seed in the playoffs. So right now it's Tennessee one, Kansas City two, um, Bengals are three. So um, obviously a stark contrast from last year and uh, not a team you thought that would win the AFC North, especially with the seasons that, that the Browns and, and the Ravens had last year. So um, very happy for them. I don't think, again, you know, similar to how we were talking about the Cardinals and, and Cowboys game, I don't think it's an indictment on the Chiefs. I just think that it's uh, – I'm a little worried for their defense. I'll, I'll say that much. I mean, obviously their offense played well, kind of goes cold in the second half. Um, but they can play those teams like that. They can play in the shootouts. It's just, you know, can their defense get a key stop here and there to, to really seal victories? And obviously yesterday they, they did not get that in the second half. So it's, it's something to watch for sure. Um, I, I don't think it's, it's an indictment on the Chiefs and, and where they're going. They were obviously a very hot team um, and were bound to take a step back. But um, they've scored like at least 30 points in the last four games. So um, I don't think they're going any, anywhere anytime soon. And they play the Broncos to finish up. Um, and that'll certainly be a W, but uh, 
what, what were your thoughts overall from, from this phenomenal game? Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. I, I wish I could have seen at least, you know, a quarter of this game. Um, Jamar Chase is an absolute just monster. Like the guy, he's like Usain Bolt. As soon as he gets the ball, like, like he's off to the races and, and like no one can catch the guy. Um, I just think it's insane. Like going, going back to the like Joe Burrow point is just like the guy, you know, has a pretty stellar, I mean, decent rookie campaign. Um, then tears his ACL. You know, I, I had serious questions. Like I was like, I don't know, like, will he be able to come back and, and be, you know, even a good player th- this year. And like, he is just, he's like the most calm, cool and collected guy, but like he plays with, like, you know, he's in his head. Like he, he's got more than enough confidence. Like he, he's just, he has everything you want uh, from a quarterback, like from a personality standpoint, like he doesn't seem like a, an absolute prick. Uh, but at the same yeah. time, he's not, uh, he's not like, I don't know. Uh, I hate to bring up your boy again, but he's not, uh, he's not Sam Darnold where he's like seeing ghosts. You know what I mean? Like the guy kill him. just kill him. The, the guy, he's just like, like I told you last week. I mean, I, I think any team in the NFL would like to have just about, I mean, you know, minus the, I guess Tom, you know, the box and, and the, you know, maybe Josh Allen, but like he is, he's already to me, he's this season proves that he's like an upper, upper echelon quarterback and, like if he continues to play this way for years to come, like he is, the Bengals will be a problem um, for, for, like I said, for years to come. I, I picked the bank or the Bengals. I picked the Ravens to win this division. I think if Lamar was healthy and the team stayed healthy, I still think they might, might have pulled out that division uh, would have been closer, obviously. Uh, yep. But uh, you know, this, you can't take anything away from this Bengals squad. They can't, uh, they can't help it if the Ravens get banged up. They just play the games that they play and, the, and they control what they can control. And, and they're just, they're rolling. And uh, I'd love to see this team do something in the playoffs there. I'm always for like the oddball and the, and the, the teams that are like, you know, no one, t- you know, thought they'd even be here and, and the underdog perspective, like I, I'd love to see them shake it up, you know, come playoff time. And like I said, uh, there's not anything I don't like about Joe Burrow. Like the guy just, yeah. he's just absolute stud. Like he, nothing nothing that I see from his game like isn't is like questionable like he just I I'm starting to like trust the Bengals only because they have him like if they had anybody else I'd be like all right you know it's the Bengals but the guy just he's a winner he he, I said that last week he's he's a winner bonafide stud not a not a bonafide scrub uh yeah I mean if there were any I mean the list of quarterbacks out there who were you know 26 25 and under I think he'd he'd probably be at the top of my list. I I, don't, I forget how maybe I think Mahomes is a little older than that. So I'm talking like maybe maybe age 25 and younger. I, I would say Mahomes isn't in that category, just based off his age. But um, I think Burrow would probably be my pick. Um, and it, it, it's a it's a good list. Obviously, like Josh Allen's in there, Lamar's in there, you know, Baker's in there. Obviously, guys like that. Mur- Murray's in there. So. Herbert's in there, I think, as well. So, um, obviously, a, a phenomenal list. I, I just think, you know, like you said, it. We talked about the the turnover um, from from a uh, uh, Browns organization situation, and Burrow has done the exact same thing. And obviously, at a tough end of the rookie season, but um, to to put up the numbers that he's putting up is absolutely absurd. Um, and, and guys like Chase and T Higgins, uh, who are there, and, and I think it, it is just maybe it's a it's a, an example or a. a a microcosm of a blueprint of how you want to build around a young quarterback because Higgins is phenomenal. 
Uh, so is Chase. You know, Mixon's obviously great. So they have a lot of key pieces. Um, so I think general managers with young quarterbacks can can probably use the Bengals as a, as a model for how they want to build around their young guy. And um, if, if this game, if they run this back in the, in the AFC Championship game, that would be absolutely appointment television. I, I, I would not be upset at all. I'd actually probably prefer that matchup over uh, most. I mean, maybe, maybe you know, Chiefs-Bills would be a great game, obviously. But um, in terms of potential marquee AFC Championship matchups, I think this one would, would take the cake for me. Hey, don't, uh, don't, don't forget about the Tennessee Titans, man. Yeah, I see. I don't know. I don't know about that. I, I don't, I don't know, know about that. I'm just, I'm just, uh, I'm just blowing smoke. Like I feel like we've not talked about them probably once this whole season. Just because, nobody talks about them. Um, like they're eleven and five and seven and two at home. But I, I, I just, I don't believe in that team. I, I just, especially without um, uh, Derek Henry. Henry. Wow, I can't even remember his name. That's how yeah. how long he's been out. It seems like, but uh, I no. can't believe they're the first seed right now. It is. Uh, it's pretty crazy. I mean, I hate to like play. Uh, I hate to play scenarios. Central Pennsylvania's community college. Register now. Can you hear that? Yeah. We'll, we'll add. Was that we'll add their mid podcast? Oh, dude, the NFL got to make their their money. I'm I'm just looking at the stats and and I get interrupted <laughs> immediately. But uh, <laughs> no, um, yeah, you know, now it got me off my train of thought. But uh, I mean, like, I hate to play the scenario game but like if, if they had like can you imagine if Tennessee had like Joe Burrow like that would be what would that rec- not that oh the God. Bengals don't have an elite receiving core but you know just 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 for the sake of like discussion like if you put a different if you put like a, an upper echelon core like I just I don't think Ryan like Ryan Tannehill can play but he's not like you know a threat by any means like he's just not yeah, I don't I don't mind I don't actually I like Tannehill a, a, a lot actually uh I'll take. I, yeah, I think it's their – I mean, their defense has been a little inconsistent. Yeah. I mean, they obviously yeah, yeah. have 11 wins, and they're the number one seed for a reason. I, I think they're, they're, they have bad losses. Like, they lost to the Jets, which is an embarrassing loss for them. I think they lost to, like, the – they may have lost to the Falcons or some other team that, that they shouldn't have lost to. So, I think I just probably have that taste in my, in my mouth still. Um, and, and, yeah, I mean, Henry being out hurts – I know I saw a report today that there's a chance they get him back in the playoffs, but um, I don't know if it's, it's going to be the first round. I, they, as of today, they'll have that buy um, and I'll look up quickly who they play next week, but if they can just get that dub in uh you know, week 18, obviously they'll, they'll get that first seed and they, they'll play a Texan. So um, I mean, to me, I think that's a, probably a slam dunk. They get the number one seed, but you know, crazier things have happened. They, they tend to play down their competition. Like I said, the loss to the jets, which is, all I really need to say about that. Um, they've had some great wins. I mean, beating the Chiefs, um, you know, obviously stands out. Um, you know, taking down the division is obviously, you know, no no small task there with the teams there. So, um, yeah, they're they're a, a good team. I just wouldn't – I wouldn't put them above, like, the Bills, you know, Bengals or, or Chiefs. I would even say the Patriots would probably give them a good game um, in, in the playoffs. So, uh, it, it'll be interesting to see what they can do. I mean, they'll obviously come off a, a pretty – good dose of rest after that first week. And then we'll have, you know, to win two home playoff games and then the Super Bowl. So it'll be interesting to see what happens, but uh, they're certainly in the driver's seat for sure. Yeah. Two, two things for that. Um, you know, if anybody's driving the Ryan Tannehill bandwagon, it's uh, Daniel, which surprises huh. me. Once uh, you get a guy away from Adam Gase, man, shackles are off. <laughs> no, I, I don't think he's Sam he's Darnold. Bad. I just, uh, 
I'm just surprised that you're you're high on him. I mean, like, I I, I could probably count on one hand how many times I've seen him play, like ever. So yeah, I can't, uh, I can't I feel that. Even, I can't shit on him. I think the Titans are like that team that's they could go undefeated and like they still won't get they just don't get talked about. They just yeah, they don't get any respect ever. They they uh yeah, it's almost like they're just like slept on. They don't really like. As soon as know. Henry went down, it was curtains for their for their national media talk. Right. Yeah. So um, definitely interesting. Um, but yeah, what uh, I, I like you said, I, I don't know how much I I trust them, and and especially that like you said, that defense has, has shown that it can be absolutely torched. So um, that'll that I think New England would beat them in the playoffs. I think New England's just like better all the way, like you know, top to bottom. They're just a better team. Yeah. Whether it be coach, whether it just be like how well they are coached, but uh, I, like they killed. I know Tennessee played them earlier this season, and and New England just beat the brakes off of them. So uh, I'd probably expect something as similar, like a ten point loss or something like that. But um, yeah, other other than that, I just they're a playoff team, but we really don't talk about them any, you know, ever. Right. I should say it. So it's, it's just a little interesting to to talk about that. I. You know, I don't know where you want to go from here, but obviously I think we got to at least pay homage to John Madden. I forgot about that one. Yeah. Uh, obviously that sucks. Uh, I mean, he's 85 years old. That's a, that's a, that's a full life uh, by, a, by a lot of standards, by a lot of uh, people, how, how they feel about that. You know, it's, he, he definitely achieved more in his life than, than most people have even thought about. So, um, and, and the NFL wouldn't be half of, in my opinion, wouldn't be even half of what it is without John Madden and, and putting it on the map like he has or like he did. Yeah, it just, uh, yeah, it's a great point, Aaron. It's it just the ultimate football guy um, from being a, a Super Bowl Hall of Fame level coach uh, to being an all-time broadcaster to obviously the, the football game, video game we know and love in, in Madden. Uh, just, just been around the game of football um, for many years and his impact will continue to be felt um, and has been continued to be felt since he retired just throughout the entire league and, and world of, of football. Um, and just a, just a good, good dude. I, I mean, I, obviously he was before our time uh, in terms of his broadcasting and, and coaching days, but um, just to like kind of reread all the stories and, and things like that and anecdotes that have come out about him um, just an all time human being he actually, you know, got away from the game of co- from coaching because he liked to fly. Um, he would, you know, drive around in his bus and RV, uh, in, you know, around, around the country, but, uh, didn't really like to fly. Just kind of a unique guy who moved to the beat of his own drum. But at the end of the day, like the, the one central thing that he loved in his life was, was football and, um, just tried to do everything he could to, to be around the game. And no matter how he was involved with the game, um, he was successful at it, which is obviously very, very tough to do. Um, so yeah, just, uh, just a massive loss of a voice of a presence in the game of football. And, and yeah, certainly 85 is, is a full life and he definitely lived it to its, to its fullest. So it's obviously a, a tough loss for everyone. And even if you're not a football fan, I think you're just generally aware of like Madden, who he is, who he was and, and kind of his impact on the game. So certainly a tough loss. Yeah. Not, not even football related, but like to lose John, obviously John Madden, but like Betty White in the same week, just absolutely. Yeah. It, it's just crazy. Like the, those are two like polarizing figures. Like they're just, and, and to lose them right before, you know, 2022, uh, I almost said 2021. Uh, yeah. It's just, it's a shame, but, but like both of those individuals, they, they just accomplished so much. And like you said, I mean, such a full life and, and both of them contributed so much to, 
to just how you know people perceive you know whether it be like the movies Betty White was in or or, or the shows and things of that nature or or yeah. football football is John Madden and and I think you you said that perfectly like he he went to the beat of his own drum like that is spot on like he he was just different uh, but you know you could ask a hundred football fans and, and you probably get maybe one out of a hundred that didn't like John Madden and that's probably a, that's probably not even not even one so yeah. Uh, Yes, it's a shame, but but uh, obviously his legacy will live on, and those video games are are gonna go on for probably our entire lifetime. So, yeah, it's uh fun fun. I mean, Betty White, obviously like legend uh, in, in her own right, and ever since the word absolute icon. Um, fun fact: Did you know that Babe Ruth hit five hundred and forty six home runs after Betty White was born? Wow, that's. That's insane. And what, what a stat. What, I mean, was that yeah. the research department or was that, you can take the credit for that one. No, that's, that's a uh, research department. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Yeah. No, and she, uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, it sucks. She, she wasn't able to to get to her hundredth birthday, um, right. which I think was in a couple of weeks, but uh, yeah, yeah, both absolutely devastating in their own right. 100%. Um, awesome. Yeah, I mean, we got NFC NFC playoff picture a little bit. Obviously, got to the AFC, um, but just to kind of cap off like the playoff picture and, and where we stand, um, Green Bay sitting at, at thirteen and three. Um, you'd have to wonder if this quiets the uh, Aaron Rodgers leaving Green Bay talk um, in, the, in the off season. Uh, you know, Matt Rule getting his third straight uh, bye is is absolutely crazy. Uh, then you have the Rams at two. Uh, Tampa at three, they're both 12 and four. Then Dallas, Arizona, 11 and five at four and five. And then San Francisco and then Philly. Um, obviously, like we talked about, San Francisco has not clinched yet, but um, you guys have clinched your division. So, or clinched your spot in the wild card. Um, but yeah, I think either way, like Green Bay, um, to have to go up to, to play them for potentially two, two home games before the Super Bowl is obviously daunting i know teams had to do that last year and brady ended up going in there and taking him down even though the refs gave him that game on a silver platter i'm still bitter about it um yeah stafford's been been faltering a little bit when we talk about the rams so that'll be interesting if they can kind of hit their stride before getting going and and dallas and arizona obviously strong on their own right and um yeah you guys can certainly make some noise like we talked about so i think just playoff fields from both conferences are are very strong top to bottom. I mean, one, you know, one seed through seven, um, I could e- easily see do some damage and, and win some games. Um, it's just kind of crazy with the seven teams in here now. I know we had that last year, but um, just still kind of crazy to see that many teams in the playoffs. So um, it'll be interesting. I love, you know, wildcard weekend, divisional round weekends, always phenomenal. Um, we even have some, a couple of Saturday games this week to finish out week 18. So um, I'm very much looking forward to it, but um, any any takeaways from from kind of the NFC playoff picture? Or is it pretty much kind of how you how you thought it was going to shake out, at least from from a few weeks back? Yeah, no, I think um, like Arizona kind of losing that division is a little surprising to me, just because of how hot they were. But yeah, um, that's one of those teams like I didn't fully trust yet either, though. So like it doesn't shock me, but it, it is a little surprising. I'll say that. Um, obviously Buccaneers that one that's kind of like a shoe in unfortunately um, I just hope I like I I'm not saying I want the Packers to win the whole thing but I, I definitely want them to beat the Bucs if, if that matchup were to present itself again um, like you said I'm I'm I remember 
I was watching that game on my phone, just kind of, I was just like going on a walk or, or something like that. And, and I just, it instantly got me in a bad mood last year that that Bucks Packers game, like they blew, <laughs> there was at least three bullshit pass interference call, like absolute horse shit, like not even like remotely close to pass interference. Like I remember the one specifically he grabbed like the guy's towel that sticks out of his, his pants and like didn't alter him at all. And they called a pass interference. So um, <laughs> yeah, I, I I'm hoping like, you know, I am an Aaron Rodgers fan. I hope he can, uh, it'd be cool to see him win another chip. I, I like green Bay overall. Like that's just a cool franchise, I think. <clears throat> so um, them being the ones he doesn't shock me, but they are, uh, they're more equipped on both sides of the ball, I think than last year. So I'm hoping with, with Antonio Brown, you know, obviously being uh, the dumbass that he is and, and leaving the team and, and, you know, Buccaneers having Godwin out for the season, like this might be the year that, that the buck or the uh the Packers take advantage at least in the NFC or or maybe it's the Rams maybe it's Dallas I, I don't know it is kind of wide open I just it's scary obviously having Brady in the playoffs no matter what it, you can never count them out and and would I be shocked if the Bucks go to the Super Bowl no I wouldn't but I hope I pray to God it's not them or, or Dallas really yeah we we, we, didn't, we didn't even talk about Antonio Brown much uh <clears throat> but it, I mean yeah it, they'll be without Godwin speaking of the Bucks obviously without Brown. Um, so basically Mike Evans and Gronk. Um, and then they obviously have OJ Howard. Who's I forget who their other tight end is. They just fucking play the Jets yesterday. Jesus Christ. Uh Cameron Brait. Yeah, those those three guys basically carry the load for them um offensively. They have a pretty good offensive line and obviously Fournette uh towing the rock. So uh yeah, I don't think the Bucks are as they're not as hot as they were last. They finished the season very strong. Um, I think they're kind of stumbling a little bit into the playoffs. So um, hopefully, I mean, right now, I, I think you guys would, would play them. Uh, it's either you or San, San Fran, obviously. So uh, if you play them, I hope to God uh, you guys win. I know you, you played them earlier this season. It didn't go so great, but um, two different teams. You guys are obviously hot. Um, they're, they're coming off a couple of stumbles and, and barely got by the Jets. So um, they are, they are beatable um, and maybe they just didn't, didn't take the Jets. They took them lightly, but again, it is the NFL and anything could happen. So I, I would I would fight like hell for you guys to win for sure. I appreciate it, man. I just want to see a close playoff game. That's that's if we win, yeah. awesome. But I, if we get blown out, that'll really have me down in my down down for the count. But um, I feel that. Um, all right, let's uh, finish up here with some uh, some college talk. Why don't you lead us into the talking college football playoff? Yeah, um, college football playoff, I, I got to pretty much see uh, – I mean, I watched three quarters of the Alabama-Cincinnati uh, game. I mean, it really, it was over – early in the early in the third quarter, it was a, it was a wrap. Um, that game was just – I mean, a lot of people said Cincinnati wouldn't, wouldn't even cover the spread. I think the spread was like uh, – it was over 10. I, I can't remember exactly, but, um, yeah, absolutely got demolished. Uh, the only points they scored was two field goals. Uh, Alabama kind of did whatever they want, wanted on, at least on the ground, especially, I mean, uh, running back Brian Robinson Jr. I mean, guy looks like Derrick Henry, you know, reincarnated basically. He's just a massive tank uh, of, a, of a player, uh, has 198 yards on the ground. So uh, when you have a running back doing that, uh, most of the time you're not going to lose. Uh, the, the Heisman Trophy winner, Bryce Young, you know, three touchdowns, did throw a pick, 
But, uh, yeah, I mean, Alabama is just as well coached as, as any team probably you've ever seen uh, consistently over, over the years and over the decades. Obviously, Nick Saban is, is a, le- a legend and, and continues to show why. Uh, they're the number one ranked team in the nation. Uh, and then, so unfortunately, I, you know, I would love to have seen Cincinnati pull that off. I didn't think there was much of a chance. I thought, you know, obviously you'd have to keep Alabama on the sidelines most of the game and, and Cincinnati really couldn't do hardly anything on offense. And then um, I don't, I don't think Daniel's as into college as I am. So this, this loss probably didn't hurt too, too terribly bad, but obviously <laughs> Uh, Michigan not putting up much of a fight, unfortunately, was was a little depressing for the Big Ten and, and anybody that was, you know, pulling for Michigan in this game. It was just uh, another, you know, two blowouts, really, if you look at it, uh, both these games were. <clears throat> yeah, it's uh, – I mean, yeah, it, it definitely doesn't, you know, hurt as bad as, like, the Jets losing uh, <laughs> for sure. But, um, yeah, I mean, if you look at Michigan's program the last, you know, decade, obviously with – with Harbaugh there, this has always been the goal, uh, you know, to get past in Ohio State to represent the Big Ten on on the big stage, and um, it's obviously they didn't they didn't put up much of a fight, but I I don't think it's like demoralizing. I, I think it's um, just kind of a credit to like the staff and to Harbaugh and to you know where this program is currently, and if we can have Ohio State and 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 Michigan and you know Michigan State and, and maybe a Penn State and Iowa just kind of duking it out and and making the big 10 better and then therefore uh, make the matchups with the sec more entertaining and closer than, than I'm all I'm here for that. So um, for that staff, for that program to kind of get their first taste of the college football playoff, I think will be beneficial uh, kind of moving forward. But yeah, I mean, Georgia absolutely outclassed them. Uh, you know, we, a, lot, a lot of fans, maybe including myself, were, were kind of clamoring for like that, um, Alabama, Georgia matchup in the semifinal. And then, you know, you'd go Cincinnati, Michigan, and then have Michigan play, you know, one of the two in the, in the final. Um, I think they, they absolutely got it right um, by making Alabama one and then Georgia three, I believe it was. Um, so they can then match up here in, in the final. So um, the two best teams are here for sure. Um, Saban has had uh, Kirby Smart's number, his old, his old assistant here for the last few years. But uh, that defense is absolutely no joke. I know the quarterback, Bennett, uh, leaves a lot to be desired. I'll, I'll, I'll put that nicely at, you know, he's kind of a game manager in his own right, but he was making some plays against Michigan and they have a pretty good defense. I mean, um, the kid Hutchinson from Michigan is going to go, you know, top one or top two in the draft. So they certainly have some players and, and Bennett um, definitely held up pretty well. Um, and that rushing attack is pretty lethal as well. Uh, but yeah, I mean, this will be a great game. I, I'm certainly pulling for Georgia. Um, I think they, they don't they didn't play as well as I thought they were going to in that SEC championship game um, when they fell at Alabama. Um, so I, I, I do think Georgia is going to end up winning. Um, I'm just hoping for, for a nice, good, close game. Um, that's coming up on, I think, a week from today, actually, mo- next Monday night, January 10th. So um, that'll be obviously be something we're, we're both looking forward to very, very heavily. Uh, but again, just to wrap it up, I think that the, the committee definitely got, got it right by um, kind of having the top two teams, you know, do get out here in the final. Yeah. Amen. Amen to that. Um, Number three, maybe, maybe, maybe Penn state should have been there. I don't know. <laughs> oh man. Just, just <laughs> absolutely pouring gasoline on my fire. Uh, yeah. <laughs> fire didn't even start yet. And he's already. Oh man. The I, uh, I liked, I, I joke, I joke, I joke. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, really to, to piggyback off of that, I real quick, I, I caught the, 
the fourth quarter of the Utah Ohio State game. That was absolutely nuts. Um, Utah's starting quarterback got knocked out. Their backup drives them the whole way down the field. Uh, you know, backs in to get a touchdown. You know, drives them down the field, bangs a touchdown uh, to go up. I think they were up like three points or something like that, or or they tied. Yeah, I can't remember, but uh, they were right in the in the in that game, and then. For Ohio State to uh, to drive down the field and do the exact same thing obviously sucks. As as someone that just cannot stand Ohio State, it's it's every single year they they seem to win some type of bowl game no matter what. Uh, but you know I guess credit to them they're they're well coached. But I just I was pulling for Utah all day and then especially for their their number one quarterback to get knocked out and then still they still fight and they still claw their way the whole way to the end zone. It was just that was an absolutely insane game. That's. That's kind of to me what college is all about. 40, 48 to forty five game. Like you, there's not a dull moment in that game. So um, other than that, man, I mean, if you if you want if you want me to go off on Penn State, I can um, do it. Do it. Uh, just another another shit show. Uh, <laughs> end the season seven and six. Now James Franklin sits at eleven and eleven for the last two seasons, and we're talking about a guy that has a. I think a longer contract than, than currently Nick Saban does, which is an absolute crime. Um, yeah, uh, Sean Clifford, the quarterback, looked absolutely shaky as hell, um, to say the least. It reminded me of, like, a Christian Hackenberg type of game. Uh, guy could – I mean, he, he got out of the pocket a couple of times, but um, made bad decisions, chucked the ball up into double coverage. You know, this is what he does. It, it, it's – if you if you play a zone on him or if you sit back and make him beat you, he's never going to beat you. Um, it's just the way it is. It's unfortunate. I like the guy a lot. He seems like a very good kid. Has his head on straight. You know, he, he seems to do a lot for the community. But uh, just he comes up short time and time and time again. Um, I wish you could have seen this game a little bit, uh, Daniel, only because they they ran a fake punt. <laughs> <laughs> it might've been the second quarter. I think it was the second quarter. Um, and their punter actually like chucked. So he chucks the ball downfield, which after the game, James Franklin said, you know, if, if, if they thought Arkansas was going to play the pass heavily, like he said, basically let's chuck it up there and hopefully they go for the interception, which is like a bonehead play. Like, why would they do that? Cause the, basically what happened is the, the putter throws it, uh, the guy from Arkansas, you know, gets his hand underneath of it. I don't know if his teammates were telling him just to drop it or, or, or what happened, but he intentionally drops it, at, at least I think, or accidentally drops it, and they take over with, with good field possession. Uh, so that it's just a – I don't know. I, I get it's a bowl game. I get it. It's like you have no offense. That's probably why, you know, they're even going to run that play to begin with. Right. Uh, but I would just pin them back. I mean, the defense – played absolutely lights out in the first half they only gave up seven points uh in that first half but Arkansas's quarterback uh his name's KJ Jefferson uh reminds me a lot of like of Deshaun Watson from the fact that he can just like he is impossible to get to the ground basically um the guy he only had 90 yards passing and a pick uh but he ran the ball for 20 20 carries for 110 yards and it seemed like every single play in the second half was a quarterback, was an RPO that he ran. Huh. And uh, we could not stop it. It was just, it was like watching a, a car accident over and over and over again. 
Uh, it's like the same result, no matter what. They run the same type of play, and we cannot stop it. And they just did not go away from it, which why would you? But right. uh, this is another, uh, you know, another dark cloud on, on James Franklin's resume. I mean, that this is the Outback Bowl, and, and for you not to even put up a single point in the second quarter, I almost feel like a, a Washington football fan uh, in the fact against the Eagles where, you know, they, they start out pretty decently well. And then they collapse. Like, that's exactly what Penn State did. Uh, once again, now, now this game, they do run the ball kind of effectively, and they go away from it, which makes no sense. Uh, and you put the entire game, like I said, on Sean Clifford. And, and that's the result you get once again. And, and the kid's coming back for his – I think it's his fifth year of eligibility because of – Jesus the, Christ. The COVID year. He's going to be 20 – he's basically our age, and he's in college. So, I mean – He's coming back next year? He is coming back. We, we do have uh, – Big time, big time prospect coming in, uh, Drew Alar from from the state of Ohio. Once again, another Ohio quarterback, just like Sean <laughs> Clifford. But this kid is like number three ranked in the nation from uh, on quarterbacks. Oh, so he's I'm a hoping, freshman. Yeah, he's a he'll he'll be a freshman coming in. Oh, nice. Uh, but uh, and then you know we we played our backup Christian Vayu against uh, Rutgers. I mean, granted it's Rutgers, but uh, he just showed more promise than. Uh, Sean Clifford has this season. So, um, like I said, I really, really do like, like the kid. I, I like Sean Clifford. It's just like, like I really root for him, like with everything I got, but at some point, like you just, if he comes back, you can't just give my thing is like, there's, there's fans out there. They're like, you just got to give him the job. Like it's his fifth year. Like he he's earned it. He's, he's played, you know, probably, I think the most games as a Penn state quarterback or whatever. Really? I could care less, man. I mean, wins and losses huh. is what it's all about. So, uh, um, the freshman, I, I, I'd almost play the, the backup that they brought in for a couple. Like, I, I'd almost like throw off either throw all three of them in or, or like, I just wouldn't rely solely on, on Sean Clifford again because, right. Um, I mean, there, I watched the podcast and I don't want to drag this out too long, but I watched the podcast about Penn State and they were talking about how. Like we had, I think we had like six or seven, you know, all pro style type of players, obviously like all conference, whatever, what have you. Yep. But uh, they sat out for the NFL, uh, you know, to train for the NFL. I, I just, I get it, man. It, it matters. I understand it, but you have a month to prepare. Like it, you got to make it a game at the end of the day. It's the Outback Bowl. You got a coach making, you know, God knows how much money I forget the deal, but making your contract, 10 year contract, absurd amount of money. Uh, you got to compete. You got to, you got, and, and Sean Clifford again makes the same mistakes as he has. And, and it's just, it, it, at some point, do you, do you blame the players or do you blame the coaching when you see mistakes happen that you've seen happen 8 million times over the season? And, and to start out the year five and oh and finish seven and six, that that's enough to get most, <laughs> most coaches at least on the hot seat and, and Penn state's like, all right, here you go. Just have a, this have, seat's have never a, been colder than yours. What's that? His seat's never been colder. Oh, it's it's he's got ice packs for days on that seat. It's it's, it's an. Ice I would pack. almost back to the. I would almost yeah maybe you start the backup like for the first couple of games, but I mean I even if you go like you know seven and and six again, but you get that freshman like some valuable <laughs> playing time, and then he comes back for his sophomore year and just balls out. Like I'd almost rather get. I mean this guy Clifford's been there for five years. You I I would almost like. Make him your third string and, and never play him oh. again because you know you you know what you're gonna get with him. Obviously, like you might as well just 
get to, get to new blood and see what you have in those guys before you know moving on to like the next recruit and shit like that. Like if this freshman is highly touted, he's obviously played some good high school ball. Like take the next you know nine months, get him as prepared as you possibly can, and and put him out there. See what, see what he's got. Hey, I mean you're you're not wrong, dude. I, I'm telling you right now, if the Eagles didn't pull out that game, like I was to say I was bummed out about this game. That I mean, <laughs> it, it's like the thing I look at it, like, I, I just, I've always enjoyed college a little more for, for whatever reason. I, I just, maybe it's cause like, you know, from early on, like my dad got me into it. He, he's always been more into college. So um, yeah, it, it's just a damn shame, man. It's like you, I waited a whole month to see the team play and their season's right. a, lot, a lot shorter than the NFL. And I was just like, I was like, all right, if we could just win this, you know, I, it's not great, but, you know, finish the season on a high note. It's a bowl game. And, and to come up short again, like, it's just – it almost – like, I almost wish we didn't go 5-0 and because it, it, it put these expectations on <laughs> on the team that they they failed miserably at. And it, it just sucks. But, but hey, uh, like you said, I mean, maybe they go a different direction next year with quarterback. Maybe maybe that, uh, that changes the landscape. I, I just – I don't know, man. It's, it's just so disappointing. And it's, it's, it's very, very, very hard to be a a fan of this, this team the last couple of years, it's just been absolutely just devastating. It's like, you know, it's almost like it's, would you rather, I'd almost rather go like lose the first five games or something, which that's what they did the year before. So (laughs) I I don't know. It just, it sucks all the way around, no matter how you slice it. Thank God the Eagles in the playoffs. Holy shit. Dude, if they would have lost this week's game, I, I, I might have to take a hiatus, or I might have to take, like, might have to go oh, in no. the woods somewhere and just, you know, meditate. And think That's all right. You guys are, you guys are gonna be Brady, and Aaron's gonna have a phenomenal off season. He's gonna dream <laughs> about this number three recruit, and uh, until he turns out to be Christian Hackenberg. And uh, <laughs> hey, H- Hackenberg actually wouldn't be bad. I mean, you guys haven't had a guy like Hackenberg in a while since him, I guess, right? Yeah, I mean Trace McSorley had a had a good run. Oh yeah, I forgot about Trace. Yeah, yeah, my yeah, bad. He won a he at least won one bowl game, I think. I mean, we were in the Rose Bowl with with Trace McSorley, but obviously we had Saquon. So that team was was quite loaded. I KJ Hammer was on that team. Uh, yeah, I think Godwin was. On Sam that Darnold team. diced you guys up. Oh, so that was. That's that why was, Aaron hates Darnold. It's not because of his NFL play. That's where it's because started, he took man. it to Penn State in the Rose Bowl that one time. We, we lost to that that guy that can't even keep a starting job. <laughs> it just hurts. Loses a starting job to Cam Newton. Uh, yeah, and a, and a Cam Newton that can't even keep a job. So that's uh, – Shit. That's terrible. too funny. Well, yeah, thank God uh, Eagles are good this year because I don't think Eric could stomach both being bad. Uh, hurts. Still hurts. Anyway, uh, week 18 of playoffs next – or uh, Jesus, of the NFL regular <laughs> season next week. Uh, we'll get a full kind of obviously playoff slate uh, matchups we can dissect, get into breakdown week 18. Um, and then we have the draft order um, will obviously be set. Um, the draft is going to be big for this podcast. Like I said, five picks between our two teams in the first round. Uh, the Jets have two high picks in the second round. Um, Jets potentially, if the Cardinals beat the Seahawks, the Jets will have two top 10 picks, which I will be an insufferable human being reading every single mock draft on the face of the universe these next, you know, four months. But uh, anyway, I appreciate you guys sticking with us. Hope everyone had a happy and healthy new year. And Aaron, playoff Aaron, please, uh, please take us home.
I, I appreciate uh, the nickname. It, it, it helps. Definitely it helps. Uh, so, yeah, just uh, looking forward to – actually, I'm really looking forward to tonight's game. I, I just, I'm really curious to see what's going to happen with Big Ben and, and that divisional rivalry. And, uh, yeah, um, excited to see what, what transpires this next week and then obviously playoff time and, and we'll keep you up to speed. And obviously appreciate all the listeners. And I think this was a – a pretty long show, but um, where else are you getting this much value? That's, that's what I gotta say. Thanks. Take us home. <laughs>